pumping the brakes now. It's pedal to the metal as the Rams prepare for their first playoff appearance since 2004. I'm Lindsay Theory. And I'm Gary Klein. Welcome to the Fearsome Twosome podcast, the LA Times weekly examination of all things Rams and uh, the first Fearsome Twosome podcast of 2018. And the first where we're actually talking about the Rams making the playoffs. We're back at the Rams headquarters where I don't expect that we'll have any visitors, Gary. These guys have really seemed to hunker down the last few weeks. They haven't been passing through the public relations room. Maybe it's because they all know on Wednesday night. Well, is it Wednesday night? My days are all thrown off. It is. It is Wednesday Wednesday night. (laughs) So we are recording this on our regular night, even though technically today it was a Thursday practice for the Rams. That's right. It's a short week. The Rams playing on Saturday night at the Coliseum against the Falcons. Everything is pushed up. Everything's pushed around, and I'm confused all week long on what day it is. We're kind of on the Rams schedule where they're call where they go by a Thursday schedule on a Wednesday practice day. It doesn't matter. Everyone's schedules are messed up as they try to keep routine for a Saturday night game. Here's your friendly reminder before we really get into the podcast to head on over to iTunes, leave us a rating. Five stars. And a review. That'll help us continue the podcast, hopefully through the entire playoff run and into the off season because we know football never actually sleeps anymore. You're sounding a little bit like an optimist there. The entire playoff run, it could be a it could be a one game appearance for the Rams. It very well could be. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up on tonight's podcast. Uh, really, just kind of get into discussion of what this means against the Atlanta Falcons. The Rams, the number three seed. The Falcons, the number six seed. We're gonna talk about that Rams offense. It, it's amazing. Went from worst to first in the NFL. Uh, then we'll kind of talk about what uh, what's expected at the Coliseum Saturdays from a fan perspective as fans gear up for the first game at the Coliseum uh, in the playoffs since 1979. But Gary, first as promised, the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, this is kind of a, a unique story. The Falcons really early point in the season they're talking about what's wrong with Atlanta the the Super Bowl hangover and yet here they are getting that number six seed Um, so what do you expect Saturday well this is a team that has playoff experience that went all the way to the Super Bowl last season was dominating the New England Patriots Mm -hmm. before they fell apart but it's still a team that's been through this and you know Mm -hmm. even though they're the number six seed and they didn't they're scoring 11 maybe nearly 12 points fewer than they did last year when they led the league in scoring. This is a team coming out of a division that included the New Orleans Saints and Carolina Panthers. So the Rams did did not get an easy draw no. here with the number six seed. I think the Falcons, it could go one of two ways. I mean, they could come out and, and, and fall on their face and the Rams, you know, maybe blow them out. But I expect that this is going to be a Falcons team now that it's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They've been here. We'll see how they do. Well, well, we'll see how they do. Obviously, we're going to see how they do, but how do you think they'll do? Well, you ask me. We're going to predict right now who's well, going to no, win this game? Well, no, we're not making predictions, but it's just I think, I think as the generalizations fa- go, you just gave us the biggest one. We'll okay. see how they do. I think the Falcons come out and play well. Matt Ryan has experience in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I know we're going to get into this with Jared Goff in terms of his inexperience, but from the Falcons' standpoint, Matt Ryan has been there. Julio Jones is... We saw him in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl. He makes big plays in big games. All those other guys, Mohamed Sanu, the running backs, this is an offense that is capable of doing damage. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll see. With Steve Sarkeesian returning to the Coliseum as the, dun, offensive, dun, dun. As the offensive coordinator, uh, that offense has not been clicking, clicking uh, like it was with Kyle Shanahan as the coordinator. But I still think it's a team capable and a team with an improved defense. Yeah, I think it's going to go one of two ways, obviously. <laughs> but to me, it's either the Rams come out with their foot completely on the gas pedal and blow these guys out, kind of like they did the Seattle Seahawks. Now, obviously, the Seahawks, much different circumstances for a team that was dealing with a lot of injuries. But I think the Rams either just come out and, you know, blow this game out, or I think it's going to be a really close game. And if it is really close, I'm kind of going with the Falcons and the edge just because Matt Ryan's a a proven quarterback who's been in some really tough circumstances. Obviously the toughest being the Super Bowl last year when he didn't come through. But the edge and the experience in the playoffs and 
you know, the Rams have said several times this week they've played in some playoff-like games this year. When they went to Minnesota, however, they lost that game. When they mm-hmm. played the Eagles at the Coliseum, they lost that game. Uh, those have provided some great experiences, but the playoffs and just knowing that you're playing your last game, if you don't win it, that's a whole nother level of, of pressure. Yeah, and the other factor here is Sean McVay. As great as he's been, mm-hmm. as, as Youngest much as... Youngest coach to make the NFL playoffs. As much credit as he deserves... He has never been a head coach in a playoff mm-hmm. game, and he's acknowledged some game management mistakes mm-hmm. through the season, says he's learned from them. But now you're in the playoffs. This is a whole new deal, mm-hmm. which isn't to say he's not going to perform smoothly, no mm-hmm. mistakes, whatever. But the fact is, it's not just the players that don't have experience in this situation. It's also the head coach. Except for Wade Phillips, this guy now, he has been to a few playoffs. It was really funny this week. We were sitting in the media room, and Wade happened to walk through. And he goes, and usually you don't really see a lot of emotion from Wade. Maybe a joke here and there, but he yelled, oh, it's the playoffs, and get ready, it's the playoffs. And he seemed kind of a little extra kick in his step. I know players in the locker room, they seem excited, but they're trying to maintain their composure, stay even-keeled. And, you know, they don't really know. I asked them, what, how do you describe the playoffs? And they said, well, we don't know. We haven't actually played in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so for them, it's just an added bonus of a week that, you know, maybe going into the season, they thought maybe we have the potential. But really, this is kind of catching a few of them off off guard that they're playing in January as, you know, a lot of them are used to going on a tropical vacation this week. They're, they'd be on vacation by now. They are happy to not be on vacation. <laughs> we but, would have done exit interviews and they would have been I mean, out of here, Gary, gone from Gary, Thousand let's, Oaks. let's be honest. If we're keeping it real, especially, well, you predicted that they were going to win 10 games. I said they'd be 8-8. Eight and eight. But I fully anticipated, okay, football season's going to be uh, done after the first week in January when we finish exit interviews. Mm-hmm. Here we are now kind of having to change our mindset and say, well, this thing isn't over. We might be going until the first week of February. It could go a long way. You know, the way the NFC sets up, especially with Carson Wentz uh, suffering that injury against the Rams, mm-hmm. once you're in, in the tournament, you, they really do, I think, have a chance to make a run. Um, there's not a super team in the NFC. That I can see. I, and the way you look at the injury report, especially this week, uh, not too many guys on. But the thing that really still makes me wonder if they can make a run all the way to the Super Bowl is the loss of Greg Zerline. He finished the season as the league's leading scorer, 158 mm-hmm. points in 14 games, uh, more than 11 points a game for the Rams, and, and they are who finishes the scoring champions, 28 or 29, excuse me, 0.9 points per game. But Greg Zerline contributed so much to that point total, and that's the one thing when you think, okay, if they if the game against the Falcons is close and it comes down to a field goal, you know Sam Ficken has done fine mm-hmm. after recovering from that from that tough start in Tennessee, but he hasn't attempted a field goal now from more than 30 yards in which he's made. Right. And so if it comes down to to a field goal situation, or you know they if they do get by the Falcons and you go to Minnesota. If you get by Minnesota, you go to Philadelphia. Eventually, these games, I mean, these teams are going to be so closely matched, like we saw earlier against the Vikings and against the Eagles, that it's going to come down to some kicks. And without with Greg Zerlin, I'd say, mm-hmm. oh, Rams to the Super Bowl. This is a very doable thing. I have a lot of questions now in a close game if they can get that done. I, you make a great point. I think that's going to be something that we're all going to be keeping our eye on. Mm-hmm. McVay's going to have to note that in terms of field position deciding his play calls and what they're going to do in certain situations. But, you know, if it comes down to that, maybe Ficken comes through and he mm-hmm. becomes the great story of, of the playoffs. So but There's re- no reason why he would I mean, we look at the Rose Bowl the other night. You have a college kicker who went out there and made a 55-yard field goal. Mm-hmm. So you can't just write Ficken off at all and say he can't do it. I mean, he's probably very capable of making a 50-yard field goal. I don't know that the Rams are going to trot him out in a game to attempt a 50-yard field goal. But you know, as you saw in the Rose Bowl, you can get a college kicker who can do it, you can get an NFL kicker who can do it. But I don't know that you can depend on that. No. Where maybe you could depend on Greg Zerline yep. to go out there and consistently hit some things like that. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Zerline, you know, he's been walking around here the, the last week mm-hmm. or s- since he's had his surgery. Seems to be walking, walk around pain free, but I, you know, I don't think it, he's going to be funny? swinging he's, his leg. He's walking around pain free, and you kind of want to look and say, "Come on, Greg." Like, you can't go out there and kick. Uh, the guy, he cannot go out there and kick. That's not real, folks. But you, I'm sure the guys are looking at him being like, Greg, come on, you know. <laughs> well, it will 
it'll be really interesting to track mm-hmm. that whole situation through the playoffs. Because, like you said, the, I think the, Sam the further they go, tired of talking to me already. That's, that's no, I'm not. I'm being a little facetious. Yeah. But that's the situation that I've been really tracking. I mean, you mm-hmm. right, they clinch an NFC West game. Gary gets to write the. Woo, the Rams won the NFC West, rah, rah, rah story. Meanwhile, I'm like, they won the NFC West, but dot, 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 going forward, dot, 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 dot. You know, they this last week's game totally didn't count for anything. Um, and in fact, it turned out to be a great thing for the Rams that Sean McVay rested the starters because as it turns out, they still got that number three seed, although I'm wondering if maybe the number four seed would have been a, an easier path, who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but they... Sean McVay did rest his starters. They got the number three seed, and now they're going to be playing Atlanta on a short week. So it really turns out to be a, a nice bonus. Well, we'll see. I agree with you, I, I, and I think that um, Sean McVay made the right choice by mm-hmm. resting those guys. But we won't know if it was a great thing until we see how they play. Well, what you this think week. they're going to come out with rust? No, I don't. But but kind of as uh, Kyle Shanahan alluded to before, and even Sean McVay knows. If they come out and they don't play well. If they come out flat. Or if they just don't play well. Whether it's flat, whether it's mistake prone, whatever it is. Yeah. If they don't play well, we are going to point to that as was that the right decision. Really? Do you think we will? I will. I mean, you have to at least note it, the fact that... Well, you have to at least note it. Yeah. But, I, I mean, if the Falcons just come out and handily beat them... Sure. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying it's one thing or the other. But the fact that he made that decision, either they're going to play well mm-hmm. and... The storyline, one of the storylines will be, see, he made the right decision. They were all rested yeah. and ready. And But if they don't play well, you're going to look for reasons why that was. And I think it's valid to say, okay, on I, some I level they were playing well. bring it up. Right. But they came off, you know, they went on a bye week. They came off that fine. They came off that, what did they you, do after the long weekend after, uh, who did they, Thursday night, they came back and... They lose to the Seahawks the next yeah. week, so. Yeah. So uh, here's the thing: we won't know till we see it. Yeah. We watch it. We talk about it. But the fact is, I mean, that is going to be a storyline because he either made the right decision there or yeah. he didn't. To me, I think he made the right decision mm-hmm. going into this game, but we'll see. Well, I mean, Todd Gurley said he didn't really feel any different. I asked him today: Do you feel more rested? Do you feel refreshed? He said he just kind of felt the same. I know Andrew Whitworth said he felt great after mm-hmm. that. Um, she said these young bones or something along those lines, the old 36-year-old. Uh, but, you know, I think, and maybe maybe they do. They come out and they look, you know, discombobulated or out of rhythm. But I, to me, I, I wouldn't look back at this week, even, even if they didn't play well and say that this wasn't a good decision. Well, I, I mean, you're going into the playoffs, you're playing in a, because on the other side of that, the, the what-ifs that we'll never know, what if someone got hurt? No question, but no one got hurt. Okay, we know that no one came well, out. Well, yeah, they hurt. didn't get hurt because okay. they didn't play. That's right. So from that standpoint, it was a good decision. Right. If Jared Goff is off his game, is missing receivers all over the place, if mm-hmm. receivers are dropping passes, if the kinds of things that are um, inherent to having good timing, mm-hmm. if we're not seeing that, whether that's the case or not, we and fans are going to be going, well. Those guys didn't play last week. They lost an opportunity to stay sharp. I'm not saying Man, it's going to be the Man, we are cost. living in a world of hypotheticals <laughs> right now. Well, you could nev- we could never be coaches because coaches don't, don't live, live in, in those a world of hypotheticals. Right now, I'm wishing I, I, I was a, No, I don't wish I was a coach. That sounds like an off. I mean, great paying job, but really long hours. Perhaps worse than hours that we keep here on the fearsome <laughs> twosome. Um, okay, so just initial thoughts on the matchup, Gary, as we're going over. Mm-hmm. You have Matt Ryan... Uh, coming off an MVP season, been through the gauntlet of the playoffs. Jared Goff coming off a season which he didn't win a single of his seven starts. Obviously, he rebounds this season with Sean McVay, but you put those two quarterbacks next to each other and you wonder, okay, how do they match up? And Jared's had a great season. And maybe you think if you're taking like the John Fossil approach, no mental scars, mm-hmm. maybe Jared goes into this thinking, well, you know, what do we got to lose? Or Matt Ryan goes into this thinking, hey, we're coming off a season which we massively disappointed mm-hmm. ourselves and our fans and maybe almost a little bit timid. I don't know. If you're looking at all the different mental possibilities of a, of a veteran quarterback versus a guy who's playing in his second season, I don't know. I'm just bringing up all kinds of possibilities now. Well, you're I, looking at me with that look like, Lindsay, no, what are you saying? I, I, I'm, you, I think you're on point. Matt Ryan has experience. By the way. So just we would expect him, we would expect Matt Ryan 
to play well. Maybe not great, but he'll, he's been there. He's not going to get overcome by the moment. I have, to, I have to add this, though. Sorry. Just as we get into this whole Matt Ryan, Jared Goff thing. For those of you who don't know, I actually did work for the Falcons. I was employed by the Falcons in 2011. Mm-hmm. So I spent full disclosure. Full disclosure. I did, yeah, right. That's so funny. <laughs> Les Snead and I actually worked for the same organization at one point. No, I don't think that helps me get any inside info here. Still got to earn all that, like all these other reporters. Come on, Les. <laughs> um, no, but uh, and it's interesting because there's been a lot of comparisons made between Matt Ryan and Jared Goff and just their style and whatnot. You know, I'm, I'm not a quarterback analyst. I'm not going to get into all that. But I will say just kind of demeanor-wise, those two do remind me of each other a little hmm. bit. Okay. Well, yeah. You were around. Both Matt. polite young men. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> not, not overstated, but also have a nice presence when they're, th- when they're in the room. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think Matt Ryan's experience will come into play here, or it should. You'd mm-hmm. expect it to. And uh, I think uh, for Jared Goff, it's, it's a question mark. He may yeah. come out and, like you're saying, with no no mental scars, and get in great positions, uh, you know, through uh, through Sean McVay to be successful. But I think the other side of it is a, a young quarterback in that mm-hmm. situation to expect them to play really well their first time out. I think that's asking a lot. Not that he won't do it, but that's uh, to me that's a that's a bigger. Uh, unknown than whether Matt I, Ryan's going to come out. And I play do well. think that with Jared Goff, the one thing that you have, I, you don't need him to play amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you even need him to play excellent. I just mm-hmm. think you need him to play a mistake free. Correct. Make some simple, I don't want to say simple, but make, you know, some moderate type throws and make sure you just do your thing with Todd Gurley. To mm-hmm. me, the more pressure is on Todd Gurley mm-hmm. than it is on Jared Goff to perform. Mm-hmm. Well, that's. Uh, that's I think that's a good Which point. Which means if it's on Todd Gurley, it's on the offensive line. But the thing is, if, if Todd Gurley, for whatever reason, is not as effective as we've seen him, mm-hmm. that means they're going to be in more third-down situations right. where Jared Goff is going to have to come through. Yeah. And he very well may do that. Yeah. But to me, that's that's a big unknown. The one, the other thing that's a bit unknown, and I, this is not a knock on Jared, but Jared has performed outstanding against teams that you would think he needs to perform outstanding against. You, know, you think of that huge game uh, that they had early in the season against the 49ers, the New York Giants, who they clobbered, uh, and he's made some good throws, you know, in between. Mm-hmm. But I really am eager to see Jared have just a great passing game. In a, in a in a big game, mm-hmm. and I'm eager to see him make a few throws against the Atlanta Falcons, or perhaps if they go on next week against the Minnesota Vikings, mm-hmm. that really just make you turn your head and, and say, "Wow!" Because mm-hmm. he's done it this season, but he hasn't necessarily done it against the best competition. Yep, you're right. So this is a uh, this is going to be a huge test mm-hmm. under extreme circumstances, mm-hmm. um, and my sense would be that. As you alluded to, I, I just think McVeigh is not going to put him in those kinds of situations. Yeah. But, w- but wouldn't you love to see him? In, I mean, not we're journalists, but it would be exciting to see a big play, like a big play to Sammy Watkins. Well, I, 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 th- I, I just think it would be from a from a storytelling right um, perspective. It would be fascinating to see him get into a situation where he has to put together a drive. Mm-hmm. We saw we saw him do it. A little bit against Tennessee, but we have not seen it against Philadelphia, against mm-hmm. those elite teams. To see a young Which quarterback, that, to see a young quarterback put together, have to come yeah. through in a pressure situation, to me would be a great story. That win in Tennessee, that drive where he finished with that pass to Cooper Cup. I mean, that was a great, great drive. Tennessee was a good team, and I think for some reason that was just kind of a wonky game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a tough kind of gridded out game. It was ugly and it was cold, and you know, the football just didn't look that great. Yeah. But they managed to come away with the win. Um, but it would have been really interesting, you know, if if it was a three point game mm-hmm. or whatnot, and not a four point game or mm-hmm. what. I mean, obviously there's always something that's gonna make it more interesting. But uh, I think they're lucky that they got that touchdown drive early in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Well, that's to me. That's you know, kind of the the main theme here is how are these quarterbacks going to mm-hmm. play? Because if if Ryan plays well, that's going to obviously set the, the Falcons up well. Mm-hmm. And if but if the the question mark if Goff can come through and as you say, just play mistake free, just not give the game to yeah. the Falcons. 
then the Rams have a good chance of winning. I think this is also really interesting just looking at the coaching matchups. I mean, just talk about something where all these coaching circles start colliding and whatnot. I'm interested to see how Sean McVay in his first playoff appearance, his first year coaching, does against Dan Quinn, who's Mm -hmm. been through the playoffs a few times with Seattle and now with Atlanta. And all the coaches in these trees, you know, Matt LaFleur, who used to be in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of how all that scheming comes together. Mm -hmm. And Steve Sarkeesian making his first return to the Coliseum. I'm, you know, he's moved on. He's with the Falcons now, no longer with SC, obviously, but... Coming back to the Coliseum's kind of a crazy situation. I mean, the last time he coached there, and of course, I don't think this enters into anyone's mind or his mind, certainly, when he's Cross out there. Cross my mind. But the last time he coached the Coliseum was when they lost to Washington, right. correct? Wasn't and that, that a was Thursday night game? And that was the, uh, you know, the end of his... Thursday uh, night game where we thought it was going to be a random Sunday practice that didn't count, and suddenly a whole weekend got blown up. And several weeks after that, actually, for that matter. Well, it's good to see that uh, he's gotten his life together yeah. and that uh, he's back coaching. And but uh, it's nothing still, still obviously would be sweeter. A, it still is a little bit of an X factor, though. You know, you come back to the Coliseum, you came back where a lot of things just kind of went south. Mm-hmm. I, and I get it, he's moved on and right. by all means seems to be, you know, doing outstanding. But it is, it's, it's just, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Great. Another great uh, facet of this. Uh, this playoff game. And Les Snead, who I mentioned, used to mm-hmm. work for the Falcons for several seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he's familiar with a lot of their personnel and a lot of their players. And he was kind of mentored, I'm guessing, by Thomas Dimitrov, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. uh, here's Les Snead. I mean, we've talked a lot about the, the turnaround for the team, for the Rams, mm-hmm. for Jared Goff and stuff. But, you know, at this time last year, um, Les Snead's future was in doubt. Yeah. And now he's arguably the executive of the year in the mm-hmm. NFL, right? Yep. Or at least one of them. So. Went out, got some key pieces mm-hmm. and Andrew Whitworth and John Sullivan, Sammy Watkins, Robert mm-hmm. Woods. And, and it's just, I think a lot of times we go back to like the Robert Woods signing when you're like, okay, like that's fine. That's, that's a good, solid mm-hmm. signing. But like, where's the guy? Where's the guy? And yet Robert Woods has blossomed into being a really great player. And he was slowed a little bit. What with that shoulder injury that he mm-hmm. suffered in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. I'm not getting my games confused. Yep. And, uh, but, but Roberts had an outstanding season in this offense. He's He has stepped in and showed at times that he's not just a possession receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, though, the, the, the biggest addition, uh, I mean, obviously, they Cooper Cup through the draft uh, has been productive. And Sammy Watkins has not been spectacular at, in the way that I think fans expected, maybe we expected in terms of a consistent... Well, after consistent, we saw those couple catches in yeah, San Francisco, expectations he, went up. But his presence has helped Robert Woods, and they've helped each other. Mm-hmm. Um, leads the team in touchdown catches. He's been very, very good near the end zone uh, on those slant routes and things like that. So Wrote about that in the Los Angeles Times. Yeah. Grab a copy. So um, I, I think that uh, those additions, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't just Whitworth, it wasn't just Woods. Uh, the Rams took a bit of a gamble, you know, during training camp and gave up a second round pick for Watkins. And um, I think if you look at what he's brought to that offense, even though it hasn't been crazy numbers in terms of catches, mm-hmm. um, he's, he's, he's been a valuable addition. Here's your fun fact, uh, piece of trivia. This is Andrew Whitworth's seventh postseason game. He hasn't won a single one. Cincinnati Bengals, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can imagine that he, you know, although he has experience, it was funny, he was joking about it. He goes, you don't have experience in the playoffs. I don't have experience winning in the playoffs. People <laughs> uh, were asking, you know, is, this play, is the experience thing overstated? And, yeah, you know, there's something to be said about playing. But he kind of went back to, you know, that, that Eagles game felt like a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And really it, it did, Gary, because at that point the Rams hadn't clinched a berth into the playoffs. And they knew that they'd have to, between the Eagles and what was coming up on the the Seahawks, I mean, it did. It felt like a playoff game where mm-hmm. they knew if they won that thing, their season would continue and whatnot. Obviously, they didn't, but they did go on the road in Seattle. But they, they have played in some high-stress situations where maybe, I mean, after the game, after that particular game in the locker room, it certainly felt like it was a loss that was bigger than just a regular season game. Mm-hmm. I think part of their preparation, it will – help them some maybe someone who might mm-hmm. otherwise uh, be nervous about it get over that but I don't think there's anything like the playoffs I, I've never played in an NFL playoff game I've only watched them covered them mm-hmm. and 
They are, every play really does seem to count. It's not like the regular season where, oh, that series, we kind of wasted that, we'll recover. It, it just doesn't seem to work that way in the playoffs. And so we'll see if the Rams can, uh, if they have learned from all those situations they've talked about. Because now you don't get the next week where you come back and you say, you know what, we learned from that. It's over. We're going home. You're going to Hawaii or whatever. Well, I'm right now I'm sitting here thinking as Gary builds this up that there's nothing like the playoffs. All I can think about is, so what exactly time does that mean? You're going to arrive to the Coliseum on Saturday. There's nothing like the playoffs. The season could be over. I can already just see Gary arriving at 8 a.m. for a 5.15 no. kickoff and us having to stay at the Coliseum working until about 5 a.m. the next day with, come on, Lindsay, either we're going to the next round or, Lindsay, it's all over and we got to make sure we get the whole thing wrapped up as best we can. Either way, it's going to be a long haul through the playoff or playoffs <laughs> with but, Gary. Gary, but, what time are you going to get there on Saturday? I will stay on my routine. I'm just Five like, hours early. Probably, yeah, five hours early. Yeah. How long? Noon arrival. Okay, so <laughs> let's do the math really quickly. But you arrived five hours early. Yes. Uh, like the other night, what, what the game was a 1:25 kickoff. We left for the new year at like 9 p.m. I think so. Yeah. Can you do that math for me? You arrived mm. at at what time? I think I arrived about eight. Yeah. So 13 hour day. Yeah. What is that a problem? <laughs> no, I mean it's not a problem. <laughs> But it's a 13-hour day. It's a 13... Hey, we work hard here. No, we do work hard. But it's a 13-hour day. Well, that's... You know what? There's... There, that's that's what it takes. For me, that works for me. That doesn't work yeah. for everyone. But that... Uh, for me, that, that works just fine. Yeah. All, it, all, it was all good. Okay. And then there's a the playoffs. It's probably going to be a 20-hour day. <laughs> everyone gear up. The playoffs are unlike anything else we've ever experienced. Uh, okay. Injury reports... A, Important thing to note, Farrow Cooper got a little banged up. Uh, they need their returner. They mm-hmm. definitely need him. He has provided outstanding field position for this team time and time again in several games this season. Uh, and they especially need him without a kicker who can, you know, convert a long field goal or a proven kicker, mm-hmm. I should say. Uh, and Sean McVay did say that he expects him to be available Saturday. Yeah, I'm sure he's on track. They're doing everything they can to keep him out of harm's way in practice mm-hmm. and he'll he'll be on the field. No question he'll be on the field. What about Mark Barron? You know what? Barron was, I think, listed as limited mm-hmm. today. So I would I would expect that he's going to play. You I don't know, know if he's going to start. I don't know how long he's going to go. But there's another guy who's waited a long time to play in a playoff right. game. Um, Went to school with Julio. Yeah, I don't think he's going to... Uh, I, think he, I think he'll make every attempt possible to be out there. It was really interesting to me when we asked Sean McVay about Mark's, you know, injury and kind of what his body's feeling and everything. And Mark, or excuse me, and Sean was talking about how Mark feels better in warmer climates than when he has to go play in cold climates. And I thought, man, that's part of getting old, right? Do you have injury? <laughs> well, you live in Southern California, Gary, but I will tell mm-hmm. you, as a non-native mm-hmm. of Southern California, that the minute I go somewhere cold, I return to Seattle for a week. Every little bump and bruise that I ever had starts hurting. Like my, mm. the shoulder that I broke once. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel. I mean, I feel it. It hurts in the cold. Oddly enough, the turf toe that I suffered when I was 18. Right. When I go in the cold, like that toe just stiffens up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's attractive sounding, right? <laughs> uh, my toe just stiffens up. Uh, but it, it's it's a real thing that when. Why are you putting your head in your hands? <laughs> Not, walking around no with a stiff toe. No um, don't worry, I have like painted toenails and stuff. I don't have like fungus growing out of my feet, but I do hate talking about feet. Uh, but it's it's a real thing when you have to play in the cold, so it makes you wonder, you know, if Mark is able to play on Saturday and if mm-hmm. they do advance to play the Vikings. <laughs> have you seen the recent forecasts for Minnesota? Right, but they're indoors. Right, they are indoors, but mm-hmm. just the fact that you have to, your body is still in a very cold climate. Right. You'd still have to go outside to get on the bus. So just depending on how warmed up he can get yeah. indoors, but it's still not necessarily no. overwhelmingly warm and they have the doors shut. But last time we were there, it wasn't overly warm. I mean, I wasn't freezing. Right. But it's still, you're in a very cold climate. I mean, it wasn't even zero degrees recently. It'll be cold there if if they get that far. And then I, th- that I far. think they'll they'll figure out a way to seal them up in warm blankets or something like that if they get there. But we'll, it, but we'll see if he's out there on uh, 
on Saturday yeah. night. I would expect that that he'll be out there in some form or fashion. Also good news for the Rams is that Troy Hill was evaluated for concussion but found to not have a concussion. So he'll be back starting at cornerback in place of Kayvon Webster, who several weeks ago now um, had that season-ending Achilles injury. However, I'm wondering how much Troy might split time with Kevin Peterson or if that's just kind of an anomaly of a thing. You know, Kevin Peterson went in there against the 49ers and intercepted Jimmy Garoppolo twice Mm -hmm. and really kind of had some outstanding play where it's like, okay, should he be given a little bit more of a look Mm -hmm. um, in crunch time if if Troy has any kind of struggles over there? He made the most of his opportunity there. Yeah, that's what it's about, right? If you're looking at his his resume, there's a guy that got burned in his first time in an Mm -hmm. NFL game. Um against the Washington Redskins for the game-winning touchdown mm-hmm. pass and comes back late in the season and, and turns in a good performance. So my sense would be they're going to trust Troy Hill a little bit more just because he's played more. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe Kevin Peterson's uh, performance against the 49ers has uh, given him a, a pass into a, a start, potential starting role in this game. And uh, if you're one of the Falcons' backup offensive linemen, you're going to be staring across it. Aaron Donald. They lo- the Falcons had to put their starting left guard on injured reserve because uh, of a biceps injury. I believe. Was it a biceps or a triceps? Something, something, something like that. The, yeah, something like that up, and, up and, in the arms. And he, you know, he had not played, I think, uh, two games before the, the season finale. He went out there and tried it. He started yeah. that last game, played a few plays, and just couldn't go. So they finally put him on injured reserve. And but, now the uh, backup's going to go out there against Aaron Donald. So that yeah. could cause, but he's, but that he's, could but cause he, some problems. But the backup, the backup has played, but right. whoever it is, even if you're an all-pro guard right. or, or center, the prospect of lining up against mm-hmm. Aaron Donald uh, cannot be one that uh, people look forward to. I wouldn't look forward to it. <laughs> now, Have you seen that guy? He's like a built like a Mack truck. I know. But speaking of matchups, you know, Trumaine Johnson – is looking forward yeah. to match. At least he says he is to matching up with. Oh, I've no Julio doubt that he Jones. is. I mean, we went in the locker room after the game on Sunday. Tremaine, uh, Tremaine was asked, you know, what's mm-hmm. going to be like to against Julio Jones, one of the best receivers in the NFL, and he goes, one of the best cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. So way to be we'll confident, see. young man. Yeah. And yep. he celebrated a birthday. Mm-hmm. He says he's happy about getting closer to thirty. I said, Tremaine, you might want to pump Five the brakes on that. Tell everyone you're twenty-one forever, man. <laughs> Do it while you can. <laughs> Uh, So one of the biggest topics this week really has just been with the Rams closing out the regular season, how they went from the lowest scoring team, averaging 14 points a game last season to 29.9 to lead the NFL this season, which has been a remarkable turnaround. And I'll tell you, watching the Rams play Sunday against the 49ers and, you know, so many backups playing and just, you know, Sean Mannion unable to get the offense moving, all I could think was it's really kind of, fun and exciting to cover a team that scores touchdowns this year Mm -hmm. it was like that was like the coldest flashback to 2016 on Sunday (laughs) well Sean McVay and his staff and the additions that we've noted in terms of to the team um, have just turned turned it around but it it really goes back to Sean McVay Mm -hmm. I mean you can you can spread the credit around I know it's a it's a team sport and everyone has makes a contribution but that happened because of the coach that they mm-hmm. hired and the and the system that he's put in place, the development of Goff, um, the uh, ascent of Todd Gurley, not only as a runner but as a receiver, uh, and then the complementary parts around them um, mm-hmm. have made them a very dynamic team and, and a team that's, I think, obviously got the attention of fans across the country. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they can capture the hearts and minds yeah. of fans here in Los Angeles. It's just been so interesting to watch because – and, and so a listener pointed this out that for week after week after week, we were like, okay, pump the brakes. Who have they played? You know, what's going on? And is this team for real? And now here we are, and this team really is for real. And this offense that Sean has created has propelled them to this point. Um, and obviously he started by with, with the additions that we named already in the offseason. But just how they go from an offense that couldn't muster a touchdown to, to the highest scoring team in the NFL. It's really just been incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and time and time again, you just hear guys, I mean, go back to Todd Gurley earlier this season, 
and we asked him on some of these kind of creative plays that Sean draws up, and Todd was laughing, saying, yeah, half the time we don't think that thing's going to work, and then all of a sudden in the game mm-hmm. they run it and it works. So just uh, Sean's just kind of thinking and competing on a different level when it comes to his offense, and he's also able to do that because he, of who he hired as a head coach. I know when you and I spoke about Jeff Fisher last week, we kind of talked about, well, who did he hire around him, and that's mm-hmm. part of being a head coach. And if you're Sean McVay, he obviously handles the offense, but he did a really nice job in going and getting Wade Phillips because, you know, in order to score all those points, your defense has to do its job, too, so that your offense came back on the field. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they did that, what, eight times this year in the first series of a, of a game? And they for, yeah, got a with turnover. a takeaway, yeah. So, I, I, think, I think the defense, as you mentioned, the special teams, mm-hmm. uh, obviously have been very good. Um, but part of that scoring title, if you will, came with Greg Zerline yeah. kicking field goals. And they don't have that, as you mentioned, going into the playoffs. At least we don't know mm-hmm. what Sam Ficken's going to do. So can't keep coming back to the kicker, but uh, in the playoffs, it very well could come down to the kicker. Remember when Blair Walsh, you guys probably aren't haunted by this like Minnesota fans are, but Blair Walsh you know, went out there to make a chip shot in the playoffs a couple years ago, missed – Seattle Seahawks win and get out of a freezing cold Minnesota. It was played outdoors there mm-hmm. at the university stadium. So it's just you can't overstate or understate how important a kicker is. But really, I mean, it's mm-hmm. especially in the playoffs, the, the margin is just so close. Yep. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes. And so many of these games, uh, you know, when the odds makers set the line, typically, what, at three points, if you're mm-hmm. a home team, you're going to get that. That's all about field goals, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so we'll see. Is there going to be wind? Have you looked at the weather report? Any uh, Santa Ana's? I, 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 I don't know. I haven't through? seen any predictions of heavy winds, but uh, I think it'll. Well, it's, it's not. It's not going to be snowing. It's not right, going to be right. snowing. It's probably not going to be raining. So uh, yeah, that that makes for probably ideal conditions, actually. Also, with uh, with the scoring, we have to talk about Todd Gurley because he's been he's had an outstanding season, and now the question is, was it enough to win him the Most Valuable Player award? Todd rushed for 1,305 yards and 13 touchdowns, caught 64 passes for 788 yards and six touchdowns. Um, kind of the unfortunate thing for Todd, but he says he doesn't really care, uh, is that rookie Kareem Hunt, uh, Kansas City eclipsed his rushing total Todd's on on Sunday Todd was obviously on the sideline um, as Kareem Hunt played he's finished the season with 1,327 yards so Todd doesn't get to end the season with a rushing total um, as the rushing total leader but uh, nevertheless an incredibly impressive performance by Todd especially coming off uh, last year when he didn't rush for more than 100 yards in a single game Mm mm-hmm uh, it'll be tough, I think, to unseat a quarterback. You know, if Tom Brady is mm-hmm. the guy that, that his, his competition for the award, uh, it's kind of tough because Brady has had a pretty good year and the Patriots are back. Um, but maybe some of those voters, and we are not any of those voters. We don't vote in postseason awards. Um, you know, maybe they're looking for something new. And you certainly cannot ignore what's happened yeah. with the Rams well, and the fact that Gurley has been at the center uh, of it. And you know what? Look, because it is voted on by human beings, there are, is some human error. And I wonder how much you kind of look at, at Tom Brady fatigue. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy's been so good for so long, and you shouldn't take anything away from him for that. Mm-hmm. But I wonder how much the voters will say, here's a new guy who's kind of on the scene, who's meant... Um, you know, as much to his team as, as anybody. Right. And I know you can look and you can say, well, has Todd Gurley specifically been responsible for this win or that win, or is it always the quarterback? But, you know, does Tom Brady mean to the Patriots what Todd Gurley means to the Falcons? And I think maybe with some of Jimmy Garoppolo's success, uh, maybe that can, I don't I, know. I, don't, I mean, time. I know, I know, I know, I know, but... Tom Tom Brady. I mean, it's Tom you, you Brady. Can, Tom I know. Brady's Tom Brady. The success they've had. Quarterback touches the ball every single yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm just okay. You can't. You can't. I, you have can't Tom, I have Tom Brady fatigue. Right, and and there are voters. It's like the Patriots every year. Tom Brady every year. Blah blah. It's like the same dang thing every year. Don't you want something new? It's not whether I want something new or not. It's right. like who, if you're going to look at it objectively, you could make a good case well, for either one of them. There's always a little them. factor for human error, <laughs> right? I yeah. think so. 
All right. Uh, so Saturday is going to be the first playoff game at the Coliseum since 1979. It's kind of wild to think that we're talking playoffs here. It was just last season when 90,000 people came out for the return of the return of the NFL to Los Angeles, and then 90,000 people kind of disappeared. Well, not 90, mm-hmm. but a lot of them disappeared as the Rams stumbled to that 4 and tool finish. So now for them to be building the brand back in L.A., have a playoff game, it's a pretty remarkable feat. Uh, it's also going to be really interesting to see what kind of atmosphere it provides. I think it should be very uh, electric, if you will. I, yeah. think, I think Rams fans are really, uh, they've been hungry for this. The fact that it's a night game, essentially a 5 o'clock start, 5.15 start, mm-hmm. I think um, adds to that. Um, and I think they're going to come out. You know, we've, we've been talking all, all season about attendance and whatnot, but this is an opportunity for mm-hmm. fans, I think, to really come out. They want to be there. They want to support the Rams. Um, and I don't think the Falcons come with the same fan base that the Seahawks did or the Eagles did. I I do recall last year, and I I think I just recall this because, like I said, I used to work for uh, the Falcons organization. I do recall a lot of Falcons fans being in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they traveled out, but I know that there are a lot of Atlanta transplants here in L.A. But I just don't get the sense that it's as fervent as... No, it's not a super inspired fan base. At least on the road. It's not the Minnesota Vikings, not the Green Bay Packers. It's it's none of that. So I think that works, that plays to the Rams' uh, advantage as well. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully, you know what, the the bottom line is, hopefully it's a great atmosphere and it's a great game and something dramatic happens that we can write about. I think we have to talk about the fact that the television optics still might not be great, though. You know, the Rams said they're going to sell, what, upwards of 70,000 uh, 70, tickets. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, this is a 90,000-seat yeah. venue. And, and I know Kevin Demoff spoke to us at length about the fan surveys they send to people who attend the games and mm-hmm. what makes the experience better. And they say less crowded concourses, fewer people because of the, you know, the concession lines, the toilet lines, the right. concourse, how many people the concourse can hold. So, you know... W- whether you want to believe all that or not, but the Rams have decided, bottom line, mm-hmm. to to cap it at about 70000 Well, I think the fact, again, that it's being played at night might help the optics a little bit just mm-hmm. because it won't be so blatant in mm-hmm. terms of daylight. Um, but I, I still think it'll be a, a supportive crowd. And if yeah, the, if the, no, if the Rams no, no come doubt out... No supportive crowd, but... but but the thing that I'm saying is, yeah. you're probably on, it's on social media. It's probably going to be a buzz right. that this no is a playoff, playoff game in game. LA, and no one right. came. That's right. what I'm trying to talk about here. Yeah, I, I think you're. I like the Gary's half full, but it's going to be a no. It's <laughs> going. I'm sure that the people who come are going to be enthusiastic, loud cheering. It's going to be a great atmosphere. But the discussion, undoubtedly, on Sunday or mm-hmm. Saturday night, whenever, on social media, and and mm. perhaps you know in, in other parts of the country is that LA shouldn't have a team because they couldn't even fill the place up for a playoff game which I think that the fact needs to be out there that whether or not the Rams would have sold 90 Mm -hmm. they didn't offer 90 yeah I think that is important to state you do you disagree no I think I think you're absolutely correct Gary just doesn't like getting into the attendance conversation because he doesn't like people calling him mean names in his Twitter mentions. No, I, I you know, I haven't, I I haven't you, fielded, I haven't fielded many uh, I know you negative haven't. comments I know about you, attendance. You, well, because you've, to only, me, you've only fielded like one mean tweet <laughs> and you looked and you went, oh, I can't believe this guy said this to me. And I went, uh, welcome to my no, life every I, single day. I, I get actually a, a lot of, well, I don't get a lot of mean tweets. I don't get a lot of Gary, mean tweets. Gary, what's the meanest tweet you ever got? I don't know. But I mean, people, Gary, you know you remember it. I don't. You don't, you don't remember no, the meanest no, tweet you got? No, no, no. I mean, people, that's, here's the thing. We're in different places, right? Mm-hmm. So what, peop, are. what people are going to say to me is going to be different than possibly what they say to you. Maybe. Yeah. So um, I don't know that I can speak from a, uh, you know, a, a position of strength here in terms of saying, you know, I welcome all comments from from critical people. But when I get them, I try to, try to react to them and you know, set the record straight, or if I make a mistake, you know, you got to own up to it, and and you move on from there. Okay. Wish we didn't get into this conversation, too. Don't worry, Gary. What a rabbit hole. Okay. Ro- uh, time for listener questions. Robert Brian Lowe says, fearsome twosome query. 
LA Times Klein is too easy on Fisher. The rest of the story, he ran a 1970s offense, wouldn't hire innovative offensive coordinators, stifled quarterbacks, see what Bradford, Foles, Keenum, and Goff have done, and had a terrible eye for talent, see fielding a terrible 2016 O-line. Lindsay, do you agree with my assessment that LA Times Klein left out plenty? Ari Fisher did him not leaving the Rams in great shape. Um, did him, uh, did. Okay, basically he's asking, did, uh, do I agree with Gary that the Rams were left in great shape from Fisher? Or he's, he's, I think he's just asking, did I, did, well, I, did I, I think, go too easy yeah, on Jeff I, Fisher? Yeah, absolutely I think Gary went too easy on Jeff Fisher. No, I don't think so. That's why Gary gets all the nice comments in his Twitter. Like, no, there's, there's someone who's, uh, who's saying that, uh, that I, that I, Right, well, but, whatever, but he disagrees you, with I mean, me. I, th- I think you went too easy on Fisher. Well, let, let's not go too far down the rabbit hole on this again because, we've, because we're in the playoffs. Well, right? we aren't in the playoffs. Saying, so we have never no, been our in coverage, the playoffs. Our coverage okay. is moving to the playoffs. I mean, I wish but we were in the one playoffs. More time, if you put up a bracket one, of reporters. One, okay, one, one more hold time. On. If you put up a bracket <laughs> of reporters, you and I would just kill through the playoffs. I mean, not literally. Not 2018. You can't take that literally. But we would just thrash through that bracket. Whatever Gary and I had to do to win. I mean, to a degree, I mean, there are lines here. We're not killing anybody. We would do it to win. We are competitive <laughs> as hell. Although, you know, sometimes, Gary, I'm like, Gary, just tweet that information. Put it out there. Well, no, Gary, just put it out there. I'm usually like, go, go, go. Gary's like, pump the brakes, pump the brakes, young young buck reporter. Pump the brakes. I'm like, go, Gary, go. Well, I've learned a lot about social media. And, uh, anyway, and those back kinds of to things. Fisher. Well, very quickly, because we don't want these people, I don't think most people no, want to sure sit here and spend too much time. No, I'm sure this is a fascinating conversation. There's no question that the Rams underachieved okay, with him as the head coach. But I don't think you can say he couldn't identify talent. And if... You know, Robert Quinn plays for the Rams. I don't know if he was drafted when Jeff was there, but Aaron Donald, Alec Ogletree, Trumaine Johnson, okay, but Jared Goff. You know, and everyone talks about how this line was terrible. You know, but that, everyone that, that, knew that Jared Goff or uh, Carson Wentz would be the one or two pick. Like that wasn't like still had to pick one. Well, he and did. You, but are we cons- are we absolutely convinced that Jared Goff is the quarterback that Jeff Fisher wanted and that he didn't want it does, it doesn't matter Wentz. doesn't matter he's plays for the Rams he's having okay. he's having a good season well it does so, matter I don't know well, how, well if you're going to say that Jeff Fisher left the the roster I mean but if what if he didn't he really did, want Jared Goff what if he wanted Carson Wentz well they okay well, maybe Les Snead left then, the roster and good had a good shaping it roster absolutely had a hand in it Gary and I are about to it. throw down a right big now, hand in it I just think that um I, Certainly, in terms of their performance, mm-hmm. that's on Jeff Fisher. Okay, certainly in terms mm-hmm. of the, that's on him and his staff, the coaches that he hired, the coaches maybe he let go, whatever. That's on him. Well, and like when you but listed, you listed the, some star players like Aaron Donald. I mean, did he find Aaron Donald? Like, was he a diamond in the rough? He was the first first round pick. Exactly, he's a first round pick. Yeah, you so still it's had a pick. Like, you could have picked someone else. You could have picked someone else. I, he could have. He could have. But right, like. Saying did, like, oh, great pick, talent evaluate. It was, I mean, what, well, how it's a first-round pick. It's a first-round pick. No, how many first-round picks really become star players? Well, they don't. It's still the odds of becoming a star player are against you. I don't care where you're drafted. Look at how many first-round picks have short careers. Greg Robinson. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Jeff Fisher picked Greg Robinson. Absolutely. He, that's right. But he also picked Aaron Donald with less need. Okay. Okay. They picked Alec Ogletree. They picked LaMarcus Joyner. They picked you know, the biggest problem here Jermaine is that Johnson. I wanted to start 2018 off <laughs> with only eating salad, which I've basically done, and I'm starving still three days into it. I and I chips. also Were those some chips you were eating? Well, they were like the low-calorie chips because I'm starving, and I don't want to kill you, Gary. I'm not – wait, that's – I need to stop saying that. But I also didn't want to argue with you in 2018, and it's three days in, and I'm still eating salad with some low-calorie chips because I'm starving. Because, you know, you eat a salad, do you know what the problem is? What? You're hungry like 30 minutes later. So do you know what you do? I've been trying to do, you eat another salad. Do you know what happens? You're hungry 30 minutes later. <laughs> but you're healthier for it. Yeah, and screaming at you. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. We'll see. Some things bottom, haven't changed. Bottom line is Gary thinks Jeff Fisher should have won the world championship here and that he thinks he's a great head coach. 
No, that's that's not what that's not what I said. But let's go to the next. All question. right, Tim asked: Should the Rams be the least bit concerned about their flat performance versus the 49ers? Anything that you think could carry over to the Falcons playoff game? No, you know I, I I'm not worried at all about their performance against the 49ers. Mostly it was backups. It was Sean Mannion. I mean those, and I think that the uh, starters were kind of jazzed to have a game off. I, I don't think guys were lamenting over well Sean's not playing us. Blah, blah. I think everyone was pumped up. The starters all got a good workout in before the game. I chalk that Week 16 game up as to to nothing. Mm-hmm. For me, it has no impact, no bearing on how these guys are coming out next week. Well, it did afford some guys some opportunities. Like we mentioned, Kevin, Kevin Peterson you know, may have played himself into a role, perhaps. On the other side, Farrell Cooper did suffer an injury, so he is not going to be at full strength. He may play on, uh, against, mm-hmm. against the Falcons, but that was a casualty of that game. Matt J. asked, so much talk about Rams' lack of playoff experience. Do you think it's overblown? 1999, Rams were the same, and look what happened. Yeah, you know what, Matt? I do think it's overblown. I think this team, look, they haven't had any experience all season, and what did they get? 11-5. and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean McVay is a first-year head coach. Uh, he managed through some struggles. Uh, you know, Jared Goff's a second-year quarterback. I mean, this has been a young team all year that's kind of gone through uncharted territory, and yet they've succeeded in a very big way. So I don't expect any different from them. I don't think experience is going to be the reason why they do or do not beat the Falcons. I think it's just going to come down to execution, which you could say is has everything to do with experience. But, you know, I just I don't think that there's going to be like a, a lapse in, in anything as far as, you know, a youthful error. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's just going to be, you know, do you catch the ball or do you not catch the ball? And to me, that's not experience. That's just a matter of catching the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Of course, he's going to say we'll see. <laughs> Dustin Coleman asks, well, what, "I mean, are we not going to see? Like, what are, we, are you not going to show up to the game so you won't see?" I'm just, I'm just thinking about situations like this. Okay, Cooper Cup has had a great season. Yeah, he's also had some miscues, right? Mm-hmm. Some drops. You're playing in your first playoff game. You know, it is all about execution, and my sense is he'll come through every time they throw him the ball. But there's going to be a situation, possibly. A huge situation, and what if he doesn't come through? But are we going to say he just didn't come through? Are we going to say he was he was a rookie in that situation no, no, and wasn't able to handle it? If 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 he does drop God, all these hypotheticals, if he does drop a big pass, I'm not going to say he dropped a big pass because of the um, climate and he was in this big NFL playoff game. I'm going to say. He stayed the course for what has been his season. Yeah. In every single, not every single game, but in so many games, he has dropped a big pass. Mm -hmm. So what happens if someone drops two or three passes? Gary, what happens if the Rams hire Lane Kiffin to be the next? I I mean, like, like, these are all hypotheticals. I'm not entertaining. Um, But the bottom line is if if, if Cooper Cup had that kind of air, it'd be Mm -hmm. kind of it's what he's done all season. Right. So the playoffs wouldn't be any different. It wouldn't be like, oh, a lack of playoff experience made him drop that ball. No, he's been dropping a ball like that all season. Okay. Then that might be indicative of being inexperienced. But not necessarily inexperienced in the playoffs. No. Agreed. Agreed. We're talking about playoff inexperience. Okay. You guys, this is exhausting. I need to go home. Uh, Dustin Coleman asks, are the Rams expected to have any giveaways at the game? Have the uniforms been announced? You guys, you guys love these uniforms. I'm (laughs) telling you, half of the questions for this podcast are about the uniforms. They have worn white on white every home game except for the throwback games. They, as I'm told, will be wearing white on white Mm -hmm. on Saturday. I think it looked like there's some towels. Are they giving away towels or something like that? I'd imagine... I'd imagine they're probably giving away some sort of yeah. rally towel or yeah. a pom-pom or something right. to get fans excited. James Terry asks, who would be a better replacement for Gruden in the Monday Night Football booth, Lindsay Theory or Gary Klein? Lindsay Theory, no question. Golly. You want opinion? You want strong opinion, right? <laughs> I like how Gary's trying to say that with like some attitude. <laughs> Resident Evil, you can tell that I'm hangry. <laughs> I've been eating like a bunny rabbit for three days. I'm starving, and now I'm hangry. It's 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> Resident Evil asked, should the Rams be worried about losing any coaches to other teams for head coaching positions? I feel like LaFleur might just make a great head coach someday. Uh, you know, I don't anticipate that Matt LaFleur will be leaving this season for a head coaching job. 
Um, I just don't anticipate that. I think he's a he's doing a fine job as an offense coordinator. I'll keep in mind he doesn't call plays. But I don't think, you know, I, I think it's somewhere in his future, but I don't think it's coming up, you know, with this season at least. Yeah, I think there will be coaches on the staff that will interview or be in consideration for other jobs. Not necessarily head coach positions. Mm-hmm. Maybe John Fossil gets an interview or something like that. But I could, you know, um, there's already some scuttlebutt about Greg Olson and joining Gruden and mm-hmm. in Oakland, and there will be uh, members of the staff that will have opportunities if their contracts are up to um, uh, take a look at other opportunities. But I, I agree with you. I, I think Lafleur is a guy down the line. He fits that profile now that mm-hmm. everyone's going to be looking for the young coordinator, mm-hmm. um, but he just hasn't had the responsibility yet that would put him in a position, I think, to make him a, a valid uh, yeah. candidate. Yeah. Eric Litzer says, or asks, I should say, McVeigh has praised Ficken for his kick since the missed field goal and extra point versus the Titans. How's his field or his field goals since have been shorter than uh, EPs? Oh, extra points. Sorry. 280 has got me down here. Can you uh, please ask McVeigh about how Ficken has been kicking the long ball? Um, is their confidence? Thanks. You know, Sean actually talked about that today. Said he's been doing fine in practice. Obviously, he hasn't had the opportunity to attempt another 30-plus yarder in the game, um, field goal-wise. But Sean said at practice he's been doing fine. So they're going with him, obviously. And I, I, I think they'll give him a chance out there. Yeah, that's he, my sense. He's got. We watched him in warmups uh, before this last game. Just uh, and granted, it's not with a rush or a hold or anything. He's got plenty of leg. He, he, he was not, like, coming up short on any of these kicks that he was trying. So I think he's got the, the leg. The question will be, will he be able to handle the moment? Pacific OG asks, who, was better, who has a better chance at one of the open head coaching positions, Bones Fossil or Jeff Fisher? Well, if you're, think, if you're, Jerry, or if you're Gary, Jerry Klein, if you're Gary Klein, it's Jeff Fisher. No, that's not necessarily true. I, I, don't, I don't think that... Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either I don't one. Well, I mean, like I said, John Fossil, I think, might get some interviews just because uh, a smart VP of football operations or general manager would use that as an opportunity to get those kinds of people in the room so you can talk to them and learn mm-hmm. them, learn about them. If not for this year, then you know, down the line, wherever they may end up. So that wouldn't surprise me. But uh, I don't think either one of those guys is going to wind up with an NFL head coaching job. Mark Rodemeyer, I appreciate the question asking about losing the rhythm with the the resting week, but we uh, talked about that at length at being in the podcast. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the question. Calvin, what's up? Happy New Year. Uh, Calvin Ward asks, what games do you and Gary have circled in 2018 as must-watch games? I have Raider circled McVeigh in the Gruden Bowl. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I think you got that one, Calvin. I think that would be the one I'd be most curious just at the initial – start to see if if John Gruden indeed obviously becomes the coach uh, of the Raiders and goes against Sean McVay that'd be terrific to watch that would be one and also the Eagles are coming back right to LA uh Carson Wentz uh, hopefully uh is healed I think actually now you know the 49ers games the way that this is playing out I think those are going to be great games oh this is you know with Garoppolo is going to be tough Kyle Shanahan so yeah I think those are among the among the games as well. Michael Chase asks, any thought that TG3, that's Todd Gurley, may pull an Aaron Donald move next offseason and hold out for a new contract, new and deserved in parentheses contract? Also, when will the front office make decisions in regards to tagging guys like Watkins and Joyner? Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't think that Todd will hold out because everyone saw around here what the results were of Aaron's holdout. And uh, you could make the argument that Aaron, you know, came back and his legs felt fresh and took him a, a game and a half to really warm up or whatever. But I also don't know that coming off the season that Todd had, and, and granted a lot of it has to do with the offense that Sean has in place, but remember last year when Jeff Fisher, you know, held Todd out of basically all the preseason and out of training camp, and Todd just, he never really got running. And a lot of that obviously had to do with the scheme and, and all the above. But I think for a guy like Todd, he's kind of realized that he's got to get playing and got to get going, and he has to get his carries in in order to to get, you know, to be productive. So I'll be curious, but I don't think that he will. Well, based on the year he's had, my sense would be that Todd Gurley is going to try to follow as close as he can what he did 
getting ready for this season, Mm -hmm. both on his own and in training camp. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is the Rams are not going to give anyone a new contract who doesn't show up at training camp. I think that that's what they were establishing this year with Aaron Donald was that you need to be here. You know, Alec Ogletree came. He got his contract. Yeah. And the other thing is you don't just wind up getting new contracts after your third year. That just, mm-hmm. you know, that, that is, has not been standard operating procedure. Not that it can change, but right. I don't see that happening either. No. So uh, there's no question that Todd Gurley and his agent, I'm sure, have already begun that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would not expect, I wouldn't expect to see him not show up. Andrew Irvin, or excuse me, yeah, Andrew Irvin asks, who is your biggest liability or concern for the Rams going into the game? I mean, the biggest concern is just slowing down Julio Jones. Tremaine Johnson's going to be on him, but, you know, Julio's a really dynamic receiver, and he's going to make his plays, and the Rams just need to limit those. Well, and the other thing is a lot of their passing game works off of their running game, so we haven't talked about it that much, but they have two very good running backs, and Mm -hmm. uh, they use them to set up the passing game, and so I think, I I just think it's an overall challenge, you know, for the Rams. As we talked about at the very top, you can look at that record and you can say, well, they're a number six seed, I don't know. Coming out of that division, it's a tough team with some experience and coming out of a division that is very good, and uh, I think they're going to have their hands full. All right, rapid fire, Gary, because we're in overtime. Okay. Alex Nassif asks, at this point, how far do the Rams have to go for this season to be considered successful? Alex, you're here. It's (laughs) successful. Right. This is beyond anyone's imagination where the Rams would be. Success Yes, you can be sad if they lose, but you can't be disappointed in the season. Yeah, I agree. Kayon Monroe asks, what is your feeling for how focused the players seem around the building? Watching Goff's press conference, he seemed really focused. You bet. You know, there's a lot of extra media here asking a lot of questions that can get guys a lot of sidetracked and create a lot of noise, you know, with, with headlines and whatnot, and the Rams aren't biting on any of it. They are focused with the playoff game. Yeah, I don't know that, I mean... Here's the thing. I don't know that you can get a real sense, at least I can't, of a guy is focused based on how he is in the uh, in the press conference when he's mm-hmm. up at the podium. Skip Pete just poked his head in. <laughs> but he they wants don't... to join the podcast. <laughs> yep. No, I'm going to let you do this tonight. Really? <laughs> Enjoy yourself. You got a, a radio star in the family, and yet you never even want to join the podcast? <laughs> no, I'm going to let you do that. Okay. You'll be all right. All right. See you guys later. And away goes Skip Pete. Um... So, where were we at there? I don't know. It must not have been important. <laughs> no, Moving it on. was important. That was a question. Someone asked a question. We, I need to answer it. But you got to remind me of what that question was. I can't remember. Th- I mean, oh I, I already unfavorited it. It goes down the list. It's rapid fire, Gary. We're moving on. We probably already answered half of it in the podcast already. Sorry, Alex. I think okay. it was Alex's question. We'll get you next week, bud. Nick Ritson is asks, is playing at the Coliseum really much of an advantage for the Rams yet, or will it take more success before it becomes a positive factor for them? I've asked several players. I mean, it's not necessarily an advantage, but they're also not at a disadvantage, which when you go on a road, the road to a lot of these places, you are at an extreme disadvantage, you know, in, in Minnesota, in Cowboys Stadium, in Seattle. So it's not necessarily a home field advantage per se, mm-hmm. but it isn't a disadvantage. Yep. I think that's the fairest way to I think so. It. And, and uh, Saturday night, they have an oper- fans have an opportunity to make it a home field advantage. Mm-hmm. We'll see if, uh, if, they, if they answer the bell. Chris Cook asks, what record do you predict for the playoffs? Chris, oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to predict a Rams win here, and I'm going to predict a loss next weekend in Minneapolis. I just think it's going to come down to a three-point game, and I just, you know, I, it's not even that Ficken's going to miss. It's just that Greg Zerline, they barely needed to get into into their own territory, into Vikings territory mm-hmm. to, to have Zerline go out there. And so I just think that not having him able to boot a 55-yarder 54-yarder or whatever it might be. I think that's what it's going down to. Hmm. Uh, I'm not in position yet to make a Gary, prediction. come on. No. Just make a No. Come no, on. No, 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 no. Are they going to win this weekend? Uh, I don't know yet. I have to How do you not know yet? Because I have to look at everything, and then tomorrow when uh, when I file my Gary, we, story we, with my prediction. Gary, we know we record the podcast on Wednesday nights. What's your prediction? Um, I, I, I'm, I don't know yet. I really don't. Send all your hate <laughs> tweets to Gary this week. They could be. 
0-1? They could be. Uh, they could be a lot of things. Right. Roberto Martinez asks, any word on the uniform color scheme for Saturday? See, I told you guys we get a lot of these. <laughs> Roberto, white on white, likely. Uh, okay. Looks like uh, that's all we got for this week, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Gary and I are going to be there Saturday night, 5.15 kickoff. Of course, everything's going to be pushed back a little bit, so the walk to the car is going to happen at about 2 (laughs) a.m. If you like the podcast, please help us out. Go to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. Please don't include in the review that Lindsay needs to stop yelling at Gary. I don't think that'll be... Looked highly upon by management. It's all in good fun. Come on. Well, this is just banter. Right. But like that, just don't write about that. Like, let's, <laughs> I mean, if let's leave that a secret to those who don't listen to the podcast. Like, you have to listen to the podcast to know that what goes on on the podcast. You know what I mean? What happens here stays here, except for the part where you leave us a glowing review. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what I can add to that. All right. Uh, we look forward to seeing you Saturday. Uh, if you haven't, please check out a subscription to the Los Angeles Times. It's where all of our work is posted. I hope all of your New Year's is off to a great start. Gary's like, this has gone off the rails. Um, what I'm saying is I hope 2018 is off to a better start for you than it is for me. Um, Gary seems to be off to a chuckling good start. And uh, we will see you Saturday. Gary, can you say goodbye? It's been fun, and we will see you. Well, we're, we're going to be back next week regardless, win, lose, or draw, right? Yeah, but we'll see you Saturday at the Coliseum. We will. 